We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one. And by Allstate proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Now, here's Chris Plank. Oh, let's go. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. It is the Game Plan Live with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. I'm Chris Plank. We just finished up uh, listening to the Lincoln Riley Presser. For those of you on the podcast side, we'll bring you the entire Presser live as soon as we wrap up. But I thought Coach was great today. Seemed to be in a great mood. Yeah, that's pretty much show. That's kind of standard, right? Pretty standard, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, he is undefeated. <laughs> and uh, quarterback looks to be a pretty good player. Looks to be Caleb pretty Williams. good. Uh, lots of talk about secondary this week. Concerns over uh, how the secondary has been playing the last couple of weeks. Lots of talk about Caleb Williams. Um, no questions. Zero about the Kansas right. Jacks. The upcoming opponent this Saturday. Hmm. Mm. Wonder why. Kansas has struggled a little bit this year. You're before that. You're before, before that. that. Right. So it's been a bit of a struggle bus, I think is a fair way to put it. But in Lance Leipold, they've got a very talented coach. I think they've got a chance to right the ship eventually. But this is a team that struggled this year quite a bit. Uh, I've just started some of my prep. They've got a very talented quarterback in Jason Bean. They've had some good quarterbacks. North Texas guy. Yeah, in the past. But I think it it's always a unique trip, and not to just start going all in on Kansas here, but since, since Lincoln wasn't asked about it, we'll talk about it. And Gabe talks about this a lot, especially with an 11 a.m. start. You've got to create your own energy. That's right. You know, that's not a place where suddenly the crowd's going to roll in and they're going to lose their minds, but, I mean, you, it's, it's tough. It's like a mausoleum in a lot of ways. Think of uh, last year when you had 25% capacity at pretty much everywhere we went around the Big 12, including Owen Field. And then think of 80% of that 25% not mm -hmm. being there. 
That's what it's like to play a game at Kansas. There are uh, always more OU fans than Kansas fans. And you're right. It's, uh, it's a hard place to go play well because of the lack of environment and because of uh, and the lack of uh, you know, crowd. And usually there's not a lot of buildup for the game, which is why it was so curious a couple of years ago when Kansas decided not to shake hands at the coin flip and go ahead and get OU all riled oh up. Oh, my gosh. So I would guess Forgot that, about that. That won't happen this time. But important game. They're all important. You want to play well. You want to see if you can improve some things that have been a struggle the last couple of weeks, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And you want to stay healthy because the, uh, the bye week is within view, but you still got to get there undefeated. So anything really catch your ear from Lincoln's presser today? I got my look. I was taking notes. Proud of me yet, Dad? Look, notes during the presser Let's today. Let's start with you. Um, my notes aren't very legible right now. I can't. <laughs> no. I, I thought it was interesting when they got into. I think Ryan Aber asked the question about, hey, um, using when you make that decision to use your reserves and go to your backups. And again, kind of a Kansas question in a roundabout way. But, you know, Lincoln's always talked about, hey, it's a delicate balance between, all right, where are we as in the game? Where are we maybe in how we might want to use a guy a little bit more? I, I just – I think that's always kind of a tough and a fine line because when's the point where Caleb Williams only played six quarters? Mm-hmm. Six. Not six halves, not six games, six quarters. So you want to get him time. But then in the same vein, you know, it might be a good opportunity to get Spencer Rattler some more reps, get his confidence back up. And, okay, let's think about the secondary. Pat Fields played every snap last week. So did Brian, um, um, oh gosh, Key, uh, Key Lawrence. Maybe a chance to see a Bryson Washington a little bit more and other guys. So there's that delicate balance between when you want to go with your backup guys and when you want to continue to see your best out there. Totally, I, I thought that was interesting. Totally depends on position. Right. Totally depends on the experience of the player. There are uh, so many variables that go into that. In the past, it, it has been uh, Lincoln's MO to kind of say, all right, if, if we've got it in hand at halftime, let's give our starters mm-hmm. one drive in the second half and then make some moves. But, you know, it, this is an uncomfortable conversation to have when it's 0-0. But it, it could be something that, you know, come up Saturday could, could be a topic for decisions to be made. My man Evan Todd just pointed out and said, good job taking notes, Plank. Thank you, Evan. Mm-hmm. It lasted finally. half a page. It took 11 years. We finally got him to take and, notes. And then the sandwich was there from Midway Deli, <laughs> and I had to eat. How about for you? Uh, anything really – I guess the injuries, we don't really have much of an update. I know everyone's asking huge about story it right line. now. Yeah, yeah. huge storyline. And Lincoln said there's a bunch of maybes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, don't, I don't think that he'll uh, let the cat out of the bag on that. Maybe tonight. We may ask, might ask him again tonight at Rudy's, but – until Saturday, and that's why we always encourage you to listen to Chris on the pregame show on Sooner Radio because they're down there, Chris and Gabe, and, and our spotter, Andrew Shepard's always watching for who's out there, who's not, who's in street clothes, who's warming up, who's taking reps with the first team, all that kind of a thing. So uh, there you go. There's our plug for our radio yeah, broadcast. I'm not, Craig Moran, I'm not writing reminder to look for injuries. That's not what I'm doing on my notes. I'm just, I'm trying to make a list. There's a lot of dudes. A lot of guys on defense, especially. I mean, Woody's still out. DTY is out. Cradell has been out. Uh, DJ Graham got hurt on Saturday. Brian Osamoa left the game. He came back. On Saturday, but came back. Yeah, you're right. Um, and Isaiah Coe was out. Uh, another one. But Isaiah came back. He just didn't Jaylen play. Jalen Redman has been out. I mean, it's it's troublesome. And fortunately, one of the strengths of this defense going into the year was their depth because it has been tested to the point where Billy Bowman was moved to cornerback this week. And, oh, by the way, had to go up against maybe the best wide receiver in the Big 12 and Quentin Johnston, who uh, had a good game. So it's concerning. But that's one of the things that I thought was interesting to hear Lincoln say was the secondary actually graded out better than the defensive line Mm -hmm. did and how it all goes hand in glove. you got to get pressure on the quarterback. If you're going to create takeaway opportunities to help out the back end, if that guy has too long, he's going to find an open guy. So uh, linebacker play has got to be better. Alex Grinch obviously has not been very happy with the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. Another thing Lincoln talked about was the ebbs and flows of a season yeah. and how 
you know, the year started with the offense had a good game, but the defense was not very good against Tulane. Then we went through a two- or three-week stretch where the offense couldn't seem to score, but certainly right. the defense saved the day. And now we're back to a point where Caleb Williams is playing and it looks like the offense is rocking and rolling, but the defense has given up too many points. So hopefully that we can have a stretch here at the end of the year where both of them are clicking. I mean, that's the hope. And if that's the case, watch out. Oklahoma's a national title contender. I think that was my favorite moment from the presser. For those of you on the Facebook and Soonersports.tv side, you're seeing the graphic where the Sooners last two games, 53.5 points per game, previous three, 25.3. But I think my favorite part of the presser today was when Lincoln Riley said, huh, I remember last couple of weeks, you guys would be wondering what's wrong with the offense, and now it's the complete opposite. But, you know, they... To me, that starts with the running game. You know, a lot of credit to Caleb Williams, sure. obviously, but to see Kennedy Brooks break out. But they're they're really clicking right now. And I'll say this much on offense. Two ma one major injury, one curious injury to keep an eye on. The Tyrese Robinson injury, Gabe Eichert has said this many him. times. Yeah. He's been the best offensive lineman for the Sooners this year. They need him back. And I want to say it was right before halftime. He didn't play in the second half. And then Mario Williams. Listen, I, I think if it was uh, – if the game might have been in doubt, I think Mario could have come back in that game. But Mario Williams missed the second half. But, listen, they need to get Tyrese Robinson healthy and just keep this guy churning, Toby. Kennedy Brooks, just so smooth. Makes it look so easy. He's been great. He – I'll tell you the difference between him this year and in the past to me is he is really finishing runs. He is oh, – watch out for mm. that there. He, he is bringing the contact to the defender at the end of runs and running through trash tackles, getting the extra two, three, four yards. Uh, very physical. I've always thought he's smooth and floats in the open field and is really good. But, I mean, the stiff arm has obviously gotten better, and uh, he's, the, the physicality of Kennedy has been something that I think has added to his game this year. Kennedy Brooks has been fun. Um, but so is this guy, Caleb Williams, got his first start. The reaction. Not bad, huh? Oh, the reaction in the stadium whenever he was announced <laughs> a starter. Does he look stressed out to you? That's a true freshman. That's a true freshman. years old. Mm. Everything about him is fun. From my vantage point on the field, Toby, he is, um, he's really awesome. Um, he, I think, again, we made the big huddle guy. He's, he's bouncing around from the offensive line huddle to the, defensive uh, defensive huddle over talking to his receivers to the running backs. I mean, he seems to really be the ultimate hype guy getting everyone fired up and you can sense this team feeds off his energy. The team, the fan base. Did you hear? Did you hear the cheer when his name was announced in the starting lineup on Saturday night? Um, I think everything about this season has ramped up from the moment he came into the game against uh, Texas and that is nothing it's certainly not meant to be anything disparaging toward Spencer Rattler. We're just going to give the kid his due. He has been phenomenal. And I hope he continues to play this way. There's no reason to believe he won't. The one thing I was curious to see Saturday was, I felt like the only thing we didn't really know about him yet was pocket, you know, his ability to read a defense and to go through a progression. He obviously can run. He's got a cannon of an arm. And all the big plays that he made against Texas were out of broken pockets. Like he was scrambling, he was moving forward, he was throwing off one leg. We, he hadn't really been asked to sit in the pocket. Or when he did a couple of times against Texas, he put some scary throws out there. So I was eager to see with a week for Gary Patterson, throw. a defensive guru, to have the opportunity to try to confuse a kid, you know? Throw some things at him and see if he can he can get him to make mistakes. But man, he was good. He was great going through his progressions. He was great in the pocket. He he understood it looked like what he was seeing defensively. So I mean, I don't know what, what there is else to do. I mean, I think he has shown all around, he's got charisma, he's got leadership, he's got athleticism, he's got a big arm. He doesn't seem rattled by the fact that he's the starting quarterback of the number two ranked team in the country. So ha, there's a reason to be excited, Sooner fans. It's about Jaden Hazelwood. Um, 
There's certain guys that you, me, greedily, always root for because they're so fun in the post-game interview process. <laughs> Jade Hazel was one of those guys. Yeah. And I loved how fired up Lincoln Riley was after that back shoulder throw because that was a throw they had missed on at the OU Texas game. And Jaden joked about it in the postgame. He's like, listen, I, my fault one time, his fault the other time. We said we're going to get it back on track. Three scores, and Hazelwood stepped up and spoke to the team on Friday night. He talked about, I don't care if I have to, you know, block 60 plays. He goes, I want to win. And lo and behold, showed right. that unselfish side and went out and had three touchdowns. Nah, I mean, that's a great. You love to see that unselfishness. You love to see the leadership. And the ball found him on Saturday. One, two, three. That's right. And I'll tell you, you remember he was the number one wide receiver in the country coming out of high school. With his size, and now that he's healthy again, he's got an NFL future. And I've heard some people say that there's not a tremendous amount of skilled talent on this Oklahoma team. And maybe not as many as much as in the past. Jaden Hazelwood's playing at the next level. Marvin Mims is playing at the next level. Kennedy Brooks keeps running like this. He's going to get a look. So, I'm, you know, I, and I think, obviously, Caleb Williams' future is very, very bright. I'm not sure I agree with those naysayers. I think they've got a significant amount of talent at the skill position. And that guy right there, especially when you get inside the 20-yard line, is a very difficult cover. You ready to uh, roll through some of these really good questions we have? Let's do it. All right. Dennis Tate to a Mipa, my close Dennis, asks, should Caleb Williams really be in the Heisman race? I think there will be, uh, the answer is yes, because the trophy goes to the best player in college football. And what he has done the last uh, six quarters has certainly put him on the radar across the country. The thing is, there isn't anybody out there right now that's running away with this thing. Right. Uh, if Alabama loses another game, then, you know, that that's a big hit to their quarterback's chances. So, it's – you have a Heisman vote. That's right. I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before. It's okay. I think there will be some Heisman voters who are reluctant, and maybe rightfully so, but are reluctant to give a vote to someone who doesn't play five games. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so, there will be some odds stacked against him in that regard. But the question was, should he be in the Heisman race? Absolutely. He keeps playing like this, and Oklahoma doesn't lose any football games. Caleb Williams has a really good chance of being in New York City. Whether I, he wins it or not, I don't know, but he's got a really good chance of being in I've gone back and forth on kind of my frustrations with the Heisman process, and I know this is probably, you know, pointing a finger at myself. I think there's too many Heisman voters. I really do. Um, I'm very grateful for my vote, but... You know, you look, every single person who's ever won it deserves a vote. They know what it took. But I just, I think sometimes in that process, there's people that don't watch the whole season. And honestly, it's still surprising to me that Kyler Murray won it because it took almost all season for people to realize how special he was. You know, Tua was winning the Heisman that entire year in 2018. So I was really happy to see Kyler win it. But my biggest complaint was that people make their decisions so early in the season and you can't sway it. It's like, oh, this is my Heisman winner. And yet, you'll ignore the warts that happen along the way. I think it's been refreshing over the last few years. The Heisman has not allowed people to submit ballots as early as they have in the past. I remember there was a Tulsa guy who submitted his ballot, like, before Thanksgiving. Like, what are we doing? You know, take your time. Let the process play out. And I think we're seeing more patient voters, but we'll see. The good, the good news is he's going to have big-time marquee games Huge. down the stretch in November with Baylor – Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and potentially a Big 12 championship game. Those are going to be big eyeball games. And so if he if he plays well, he could launch himself into that conversation. Uh, Chris Clark asks, are we getting any of our injured players back before Kansas? We touched on that Don't a know. little bit. But you'll you'll touch back around on that. You'll circle back around that tonight, right, with Coach? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, sometimes I ask him about injuries. He's not really ever all that willing to talk about it, so... Uh, yeah, we may bring it up tonight. Well, and, and again, I, I think that this is a situation that is more prevalent, obviously, on the defensive side with DTY. Correct, yeah. But also, and, and Woody Washington, but I also think, Toby, the, the concerns on the offensive line 
are minimized when Tyrese Robinson is out there. So as long as he's healthy and, and is ready to go, I think they're in a really good spot. But we'll keep our fingers crossed. Randy Hilliard brings up a good point. Reggie Grimes needs more snaps. Yeah. Mr. October. I love that. No, mm-hmm. Reggie Grimes. Oh, I got you. But that might fit. Mm-hmm. That I might like fit. Um, we, talked to him, well. we talked to him on the press conference show. Fantastic young man. And I feel like every time he's on the field, he's making a play. Uh, but, again, you're looking at that edge rush room where there's names like Nick Benito who are there. And there's names like, obviously, the Caleb Kellys of the world. You know, and he, if he's on, someone's off. Uh, Isaiah Thomas is still an outside guy, though he can play inside some. So, I, I do. He was a 100-snap guy last year. I think he's already surpassed that this year. I love that. I hope he gets more snaps, too. Well, I, I, like I, I mean, I, I think probably one of the reasons that they moved Isaiah Thomas inside a little more is so they could get Reggie Grimes on the field more. Uh, he's been doing good things. He forced the fumble up at Kansas State on the long uh, return by Nick Benito. He's gotten after the quarterback a few times. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, this is a fair question. Josh wants to know, Chris, why do you always look like you're scared of the cheerleaders during the on-the-field segment? Huh, good question. I don't know. Are That's you a... frightened of the cheerleaders? I don't know. Maybe I'll have to work on that. Huh. I always feel bad like I'm infringing on their time. I did notice this last game, if I could observe. Go ahead. Most of the time... For your scoreboard updates, you are flanked by cheerleaders. Correct. Three to each side or four or whatever. The most recent update, you were behind the cheerleaders. Hiding the gut. It was, so that was your call to have them completely well, stand in front so of you? Well, so here was the thought. And I get this made... This is the stuff people want to know, Chris. Okay. So I get made fun of a lot. I don't know if we can do this. Okay. I, I, I make fun... because. I'll stand there like this. You're crossing your arms in front right. for our podcast listeners right. right now. So the softball people, DJ Gasso. That looks like you are in a soccer wall. Right, right. So mm-hmm. we're like, hey, sideline update. Let's go. Here we go. So I, I've, I've, I've tried to work on that as Uh-oh. I drop everything. Joe Manning's going to be so mad at me. Um, Why would people make fun of you for standing like that? I don't know. Okay. Go ahead. Because apparently, like him, I look uncomfortable. So my wife was like, hey, you just need to stand there and get them in that V and just do your thing. And so the V became like an arc. Mm-hmm. And I was like standing behind him like, well, I'm sure this looks awkward. But I don't really, in case you can't tell, I've totally overthought this. And Josh, you're part of the problem now to add to it. I like the fact that your wife is producing for you on these uh, scoreboard updates. And mm-hmm. She's trying to get you positioned. She well, tries to. And that's my first text that I'll get after it, which that is, look? that was horrible. Or that was great or whatever. My kids like to tell me that there is a man, and if you're that man, it's Chris Plank doing the scoreboard update, not Toby Rowland, that sits behind my family, my, my, my beautiful two daughters and my wife and my son. And he sits two rows behind them, and every time I do the scoreboard update, he sits there and yells, shut up, Toby. <laughs> we don't care, Toby. He thinks you're me. It's me. It's me. But, no, I, it's, it's a process, Josh. It's an 11-year process. I love the updates. I love the reaction you get. I love the fact that you finish it with Boomer and the whole crowd That's goes new. sooner. I would recommend oh. uh, maybe next time you hide behind the cheerleaders and then come pop out. Hey! Yeah, like it, everybody. That would be a fun thing to try. That would be pretty good. I yeah. like that idea. Um, Kennedy Brooks for Heisman, writes Carolyn. Last two weeks, why not? When's the, who's the last running back to win the Heisman? Oh, gosh. Was it Derrick Henry? Mark Ingram, maybe? It's been a minute since a running back's won the Heisman. Probably Derrick Henry. Yeah, uh, De- Devontae Smith won it last year. But, yeah, I, I would love to see him in the mix. The B. John Robinson kid um, is getting a lot of love. He was the only guy in the midseason hey, All-American squad from the Big 12. That was one thing Lincoln was asked about today. That's a great point. The, the running back crop in the Big 12 this year is amazing. Yeah. And Kennedy Brooks was kind of down the list on that crop when, you know, three or four weeks ago. Now he's not down the list anymore with the way he's playing. But uh, B. John Robinson, you got Jalen Warren at Oklahoma State who's having a monster year. You got Kennedy Brooks. You got Deuce Vaughn up at Kansas State who's a handful and some. Uh, I'm uh, Letty Brown, Mm -hmm. right, at West Virginia. I'm forgetting somebody, but it's a – oh, Zach Evans at TCU, oh who gosh. we didn't see on Saturday. Brees Hall at Iowa State. Who's bouncing back after a tough start. It's a really good crop of running backs. Uh, Brian Ism wants to know, how do you guys like our chances to make the playoffs? As one great Indianapolis Colts coach once said, playoffs. playoffs. Go ahead. You answer that question. So I was leaving the game on Saturday, and a very level-headed person turned to me and said, this team's got a chance. 
team's got a chance to play in Indianapolis. Hmm. Now, I again, who was that? I'm a pretty positive person and always have been, but I guess in my mind, it had never really materialized that dang, they're seven and zero, and they Oklahoma they control their own destiny to make the playoffs right now, regardless oh, sure, of what man. happens around. And, and they have since they've been undefeated. They're up to number two in the uh, coaches' poll, number three still in the AP poll. But I, I mean, listen, the road's going to get tough. Get that bye week after Texas Tech. Then you've got Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I don't know if I got my order right in that, but you do not. I didn't. I was close. Baylor, Iowa State, and Oklahoma State. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road those final three games. It is gonna be a tough stretch. Seems to always be the case that they finish with the toughest games. I like that because it gets them prepared if there is important postseason games to be played. Um, but this team's hit hit a different gear. Since halftime in the Cotton Bowl or second quarter in the Cotton Bowl and number 13 came onto the field, this it's is amazing. a different football team. It's a, it's a different fan base and it's a different football team. Do they have to get better defensively? Of course. Yes. They're not going to win uh, the Big 12 maybe and certainly not going to win a national championship unless they get back to the way they were playing defense against Nebraska and West Virginia and maybe even better. But I like their chances for the playoff more than any other team in the country not named Georgia. Well, maybe more than Georgia, because Georgia's still got to go through Alabama and right. have the tough SEC. I think they have a great chance, and uh, there's a lot of positive momentum behind Oklahoma right now. All right, we're running out of time here. I like this from Abraham. Caleb Williams is a team player. His energy just seems to change the team's whole level of playing. Yeah, I agree. Evan talks yeah. about it, too. Evan Todd here, when, he's, when uh, Caleb came in the Red River Showdown, did you think when he gave the ball to Kennedy Brooks and let him score the game winner that that was the best part of the game? Yes, Evan, it was the best part of the game. It was unstinking believable. <laughs> well done by you. I, I try every now and then. <laughs> um, okay, they're, they're this, do you guys think the O-line protecting Kayla more than they did Rattler? I don't think that quarterback has anything to do with that. I no. think this offensive line is, is meshing more. Caleb's a little bit more elusive in the pocket. I don't think. I don't, it, I don't know who sent that. Don't give me a name. Okay, go ahead. That is a ridiculous thought and a ridiculous question. Go ahead. That an offensive lineman with their own professional aspirations would set all that aside <laughs> and block for one quarterback better than for another because they like him more. That's silly, okay? So just forget that. That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> it's an absurd thought. That you would say, you know what, mom, dad, future wife, children, I had a chance to go to the NFL, <laughs> but I flushed it all because I decided not to block for a quarterback that I didn't like. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Sorry, you got me wound up. Well, no, and, and I don't know if that's what the commenter meant, but just from our perspective there, if that's a thought that you have. They're blocking better right now. The offensive line, better. The offensive line the last two games, maybe a little bit more than two games, has really come on strong. Megan writes, I have an RBF, and Plake just has a resting awkward face. That's fair. I can't say what the RBF is. But she also adds, Pat Fields has the talking points from media training down to a T. I also laughed when Mike Woods wouldn't answer when they found out who was starting. <laughs> you know, I, I, Pat Fields is another one of those guys that I get excited about when they're like, hey, Pat Fields is going to be on the post game because he's so good. Yeah. And, and he was very – he's like, listen, I'd be – Crazy, uh, naive not to say that these injuries haven't been a problem for us defensively, but we've got to have an X-man-up mentality, and, yeah. and that's, that's what you need. Tremendous leader on this football team. There's a reason he's a team captain. Pat Fields has a, a strong voice and a tremendous leader. Richard, uh, two more. T two more. Uh, Richard asks, do we know why the bye week is so late this year? Luck of the draw. Uh, and then one more. Do what you, the computer spat out. Do you, Stephen Raleigh writes, do you like having the bye week this late in the season. If you can get there undefeated, sure. It's going to be really nice to have a rest before that final three-game gauntlet. Um, but, I mean, this is a long ways. you you got to go back to the fact that add to the beginning four weeks of fall camp leading up to the season. So this is week eight. This is really week 12 without a break that they have been going at it. 
It's wild. And there's another one coming against Texas Tech. It's a long stretch. It's a long stretch. Don't, nobody feels sorry for us, but it's a long stretch for us <laughs> and the guys who are putting this TV show together and everything right. to be on that hamster wheel. What I could do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I mean, there's you, we eagerly anticipate a bye week, and we're not having to go out and hit people and go through rehab and ice achy joints and muscles and consistently try to game plan against and watch film for another opponent. The break will be very welcome when it gets here for everybody. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. Thanks so much for everyone checking in. I will take my resting awkward face. To I, I disagree. I think you're... Megan, yeah, seems like yeah. she has pretty good feet on it. Now, for those of you on the podcast side, the Lincoln Rally Press Conference is now. All right, thank you, Chris. Uh, good to have everybody here. I'm excited to get back out on the road and go play, uh, go play, uh, go play in Kansas up in Lawrence. Uh, first chance to, to compete against this new staff and uh, Coach Leipold, the rest of the staff, a, a group that obviously have watched them from afar for, for many years and have a ton of respect for the way that they go about their business and, and, and what they've done. So we'll be excited to get a first chance to compete against those guys. Um, week's going well so far. Um, we gave our guys a little bit of downtime uh, yesterday, did some meetings, didn't get on the field uh, yesterday with this being uh, our eighth straight, which is not that normal. So things that we've done normally during the season, especially in long stretches like that to try to reduce a little bit of the time on the field. So uh, make obviously the, the practices here, one we just had today and rest throughout the rest of the week, uh, very important. So um, we've got a couple guys nicked up. Um, a lot of going to be a lot of kind of maybes, kind of wait and see right now uh, throughout this week, and we'll see who all is available uh, for the end of the week. Hope to have a few guys that got nicked up during the game, and then and then certainly hope to have uh, potentially a few guys back that, that hadn't been able to play for us here for a while. So um, excited! The uh, team's doing well, guys are doing well. We're ready to go take this show back on the road. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery. Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Playing, it looks like just about every snap out there. Are you comfortable with your secondary depth right now? Mm. It's not. You know, we've just we've been hit hard there. I mean, we just have. Um, the guys have stepped in, have done a good job. But I mean, I think there's been some definite silver lining. I mean, I, you know, a guy like Key Lawrence. I mean, it's gotten so many more plays, and you could tell is is really starting to get more comfortable. Um, played played his best game for us uh, up to this point the other night. Um, you know, Burrell's emergence has been really, really key there. Um, and, uh, you know, Pat's been very steady for us like he typically is. So, obviously, I you know, hope to get DeLaren back at some point. Um, you know, I hope to get, obviously, Woody and, and a couple of these other key pieces back, which will, which would will be great. But, you know, we've had, to, we've had to make it work. We've had to develop depth. Um, I think there's been a couple guys behind the scenes with – um, that maybe haven't gotten a million reps in the games, but you know guys like Bryson Washington and Mukes and some of those guys that are that are definitely getting better. Um, and you know, so there's always when you have some guys out that you, yeah, you wish you had them. But at the same time, there's somebody's going to step in and take those reps and get better. So we're seeing a little bit of both. Um, I think they've held the fort down quite pretty good, especially considering those guys uh, that are playing right now are also pretty involved on our special teams. And um, so, yeah, we'll obviously hope to supplement them as we go on, but they've, they've uh, done a pretty nice job with the inexperience and just all these reps being thrown on them. Ryan Abram. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, throughout your career, how have you determined or what's been your philosophy about when you uh, bring in a backup quarterback uh, late in games or in the second half, things like that, and with the <laughs> – the quarterback situation, what it is right now with Caleb just getting a couple games under his belt, Spencer, uh, does that dynamic change at all uh, this year here moving forward? It's um, a good question. I think I think there's a lot of kind of different variables there. I mean, I think 
you know, what you feel like you, you know, you need. Obviously, the, the, the game being in control is, is the first thing. Um, and then after that, I think it's, you know, who's the starter? What does he need? Uh, who's the backup? What does he need? Um, so, yeah, there's, there's probably a lot that goes into it. Uh, you know, w w would it be different potentially now? Um, possibly, depending on the situation with the guy that's, 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 a, that's a starter right now that's a little more inexperienced um, and a guy that, that, you know, currently is our number two that is very experienced. So, you know, could be different. Um, but, yeah, just, I think through the years, you just got to look at the whole picture. There's, there's, just, there's always so much to it. Um, but obviously love to try to get multiple guys a chance to play if you can um, any, at any point. We haven't had many points this year where we've been able to do that. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll have a few going forward. Lincoln, going back to what Jaden Hazelwood said Friday about about to block 60 times or whatever, why, why do you think that resonated so much? And is that like one of the first times he's really used his voice in that type of capacity? Um, I just think it resonated because, I mean, here you got a guy that, you know, like a lot of our guys, had a lot of hype coming in and maybe more than, than – than most, and uh, you know he's had a career up to this point, up to this year, that he did a lot of good things his freshman year, but was kind of learning the ropes, and then obviously had the injury, all the disappointment, all that came with that, and it's been a long road back, and and so you know it's not hadn't been maybe the the dream start that that he would have envisioned, but a lot of times it's not, and you just got to stay the course, and and you know throughout all that, you know you're you're finding a guy that's 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 unselfish and about the team and just wants to compete and play. And I think also has a trust level that if he does that, that he keeps working hard and improving, that, that he'll continue to get more opportunities. And so that's, that's what I tell our guys all the time. The funny thing is when you, when you quit worried about individual stuff and you just worry about the team, it's funny how you accomplish some pretty good individual stuff. So that's, uh, he's a great example of that. Lincoln about the quarterback situation and, and really follow up on what you just said about team over the individual. It is a unique position, right, uh, with, with Spencer in that uh, given what he did for you last year, given what he's been through this year, I, I wonder if you have to be sensitive to him in terms of when you pick your spots. To, I mean, run him, you like typically to run a backup quarterback in to get some playing time in a game that's in hand. Do you approach it differently? because of, of how you might feel about being in a situation like that, if you can follow what I'm asking. Yeah, no, I, I follow. Um, no, he, I mean, he wants to play. Um, and and he's preparing like he wants to play. And so if he gets an opportunity to play, then I'm going to play him, no, you know, no matter what the capacity is, no matter what the game situation is, what the scenario is for him going in. I mean, it's – you know, his, his mindset is, is I'm just getting ready for the next opportunity. And that's what it needs to be. You can't, in this game, you can't always define, you know, when that opportunity is going to be. You can't predict it. But if you're just constantly getting ready for the next one, then when it does show up, you'll be ready. And so uh, for me, if I, I mean, I wouldn't want to hold myself to anything. But I mean, I, if I get a chance to play him, he's preparing like he's going to play. And he keeps preparing like that. Then if I get a chance to play him, I'm going to play him. Caleb's played really three games. He's hit a home run running the ball all three games. Is that something you knew? Did you know the extent of that that run potential? And is that any surprise to you? And does that make you change anything you might be thinking about going forward? Yeah, no, I mean, it's – I knew he was obviously athletic on tape, um, you know, and had a – had some thickness, you know, in his in his lower body that suggested he might be able to run the ball some. But, you know, without, you know, I never got to watch him play live. I got to see him practice. Um, but that's, unless you get to see these guys play live, it's tough to gauge, you know, what they could do running the ball at this level against the other great athletes we play against. So, um, you know, and you see you see bits and pieces in practice, but you know, our guys aren't live; they're not getting hit. So it's. I mean, I knew he was a good athlete, knew he was going to make some plays. You know, it's been good to see him get loose a few times. And, yeah, one of the things that's probably toughest to evaluate, but it's been a nice uh, nice thing to see is, you know, his ability to make make some people miss, uh, run through some tackles, you know, which adds a, you know, adds another dimension to, you know, the things that he can do. So, um, 
thought there was that potential, but it's, you know, obviously it's a lot different when you're able to see this thing live. Lincoln, the, the number of injuries that you got in the defensive backfield, I'm sure, alarming. You see young guys back there playing. You see guys changing positions and trying to help out and do what they can. Given the performance that you saw Saturday night uh, and last week against Texas, is there a, a need to do something schematically, uh, change, change pressures up front, send more blitzes, play less zone, play more zone, whatever it is? Not that you have to give away yeah, yeah. game plan, but maybe what are your options there to help those guys out? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think for us, we, we go back and, and we, we go back and we evaluate the tape. Um, and, and the questions then become, when we have issues, when we have leaks, where, where are those coming from? And uh, going back and watching this tape against TCU, uh, I, I mean, I, we played better in the secondary than we played on the defensive front. I mean, so I, we got out of position. Um, you know, Bowman got out of position once in pretty decent position the rest of the night, had one or two busts. But honestly, we had a couple of times we were in position that we've just fundamentally got to be a little bit cleaner, make the play. And I like to, I, and I'll reference, you know, the play on Eaton. But you don't get in better position than that. You know, it's just it's just about finishing. So, uh, no, I thought we were in position. I think as those guys settle in more, they're going to make more of those plays, and we expect them to. Um, and then, like I said, the big thing for us is, you know, the defensively, we've got to play with all three units. You know, we did that pretty well, uh, pretty well early. Uh, we haven't done that as well as of late consistently. We've certainly had our moments, um, but biggest issue the other night is, uh, you know, lack of. Uh, impact by the defensive front and tackling. And those are uh, issue one and two, and any other issues are way, way down the line. Not to say that we're not looking at them and trying to correct, but we believe very, very much in our system, what we're doing, the way this thing looks when we're playing this system, the way, uh, the way that it's designed. And when we do it well, we play well. When we don't, like you know, when you play against other good people, you get exposed. So um, ours is going to be more towards doing what we know to do and doing it at a higher level, all three levels of the defense. Mm -hmm. yeah, Coach, the other day you emphasized that uh, Cahill's decisiveness is a, a key part of his early success. Uh, he's at 18 years old and a true freshman. How does somebody develop that level of decisiveness in this system so quickly? Well, sometimes it's Sometimes it's easier when you're younger because you don't know any better. Um, yeah, that's all you know. Um, so I mean, he's got to continue to do that as he, you know, as he learns more and more and gets more experience. I mean, he, he's got to continue to do it because the challenge becomes as you as you get on down the line, and this is probably well down the line, but you get to a point you think you know it so well, you know, that sometimes you try try to do too much. And uh, so he's he's keeping it simple right now. Um, um, doing a good job of seeing it, and that needs to continue. Um, so it's been, it's been good to see. You want to see it, and I expected to see it. But at the same time, you know, he's got to continue. It's, there's going to be, you know, we say it a lot in here, like every week's a new challenge. And there's going to, that's, that's great that he did it a few times against TCU. Like he needs to do it against Kansas. He needs to be focused on doing it this week in practice and doing it this game and, and then so on and so forth. So that's, that's got to be his focus. But it sounded like that's I mean, that position is such a mental and physical challenge both ways. How have you seen Andrew attack both? And do you think one is a bigger challenge? Bill seemed to think he just needed to eat a lot more, <laughs> which maybe that's maybe that's the case with all of the guys. But is it as much a physical thing, or maybe even more so for Andrew? Yeah, it it is. I mean, it's been a. I mean, his development. I mean, has been. Like most guys, I mean, it's been challenging in a lot of ways. Um, you know, when he got in here, he needed to get a lot stronger. I mean, that was the the biggest thing. He's he's always been very talented, very athletic, um, but his strength is is you know was the definite issue early on, and he's going to have to continue to improve that you know drastically as he goes on. Whereas, you know, the difference you know Creed came in here so strong to begin with. There's just a big difference there. Um, you know, Andrews. He's athletic. He's got all the capabilities. He's had to. He's had to grow up. You know that's been a big part of it. Just just maturing, um, and and learning. You know how to prepare. You know how to work. 
Um, I mean, he always wanted to play. There's a difference between wanting to play and doing everything possible to get yourself ready to play. And he's had to, he's had to learn that. And I, and I give him credit. You know, we've had, to, we've had some, uh, there's been some un uncomfortable moments throughout the, the, the process, and that most of the time there is. Um, but he's, he's learned. He has started to grow up. He started to understand how to prepare, you know, and I think being in some position battles and having to really fight for playing time is, is, has been good for him because he's had to really, he's had to really go after it. And, uh, so he's getting better. He played, he, he played a, a good game for us the other night against TCU against a challenging defense and a challenging front. So I think a positive sign, but he's going to, he's got to continue to do those things. If he does, he's got a chance to be a really good player. You know, Lincoln, you have guys like Swenson, Broyles, who play anywhere, seem to play pretty well. The general public doesn't always think they play well. Yeah. But, you know, you, they always grade pretty well. I'm sure you have a few other guys like that, too. Aren't they really, in some ways, the backbone of your team that you can count on them to do anything? Critical. Critical. I mean, like, you know, Eric Swenson the other night said, go ahead and play right tackle. He did not take one rep of right tackle last week. I mean, you just, it's hard, hard to do, man. It's hard to do, and it, 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 it's hard to appreciate on the outside how much guys like that give to you. I mean, where would we be in the secondary right now if we didn't have Justin Brules? I mean, he's probably been our best secondary player this year. I mean, you know, it's guys like that that have hung in there, that have had all kinds of different roles throughout their career, that crazy committed to this this place, this program. Um, no, they are. They're, they're, those are two of the most valuable guys on our entire roster, bar none. A ton, yeah, a ton. I mean, the health and just kind of, again, you're going through a long stretch like this. I mean, it's the, the plan. A lot of people think the plan is just, you know, what plays or what defenses or what special teams calls that you make during a game. And I mean, there's, it's it's just doing everything you can to get a team as possibly ready to play, as ready to play as possible. And so we've tried to try to be aware of that. And there's always a fine line between the reps you need on the field, but also they need to, they need to be fresh and ready to go on Saturday, you know, and especially, you know, this week with an early kick. Um, so, um, now we definitely talk about it. Um, it's kind of all part of the bigger plan that we, that we lay out at the beginning of the week and uh, stick to it, adjust as if needed and uh, just trust our feel. And then the other thing we try to really do is we talk to our players about it. It's not like we, we hide it, anything like that. This is the plan, you know, we, we may not do, quite as much on the field on Monday, maybe more of mental and walkthrough and meetings, all that. That means Tuesday through Friday got to be elite. And, and so it's up, up to us as coaches to come up with a good plan. And then they've got to, the guys have got to take it and run with it. That's the only way they work. Beginning of the season, I know you, were, you guys were concerned about tackling because you're not very physical in preseason. Well, now you're about six games in. How do you get better at this point? I mean, do you? more physical during the week? Can you get better? Is this who you are? Those tackling issues? How do you, how do you, get, how do you erase those? No, I mean, because we've had stretches where we've tackled phenomenal this year. I mean, I don't, I don't see problems with capability. I mean, I think uh, we didn't tackle very good in the first half against Texas. We tackled elite in the second half against Texas. Um, we were not very good the other night. Uh, but, a lot, you know, tackling comes from a lot of things. It's not just simply getting a guy to the ground. You know, to the ground. It's it's being in position. Um, it's guys being where they're supposed to be. You know, when you run the calls correctly, when you don't bust stunts, um, when guys are in the right position, it's a lot easier to tackle. I mean, tackling can manifest itself so many different ways. Bad tackling can as well. And, and you know, the other night, I mean, we, we had some things physically and fundamentally that, that we need to do better in tackling. Absolutely. But a lot of times we're just out of position and we're making the tackle way tougher than it needs to be because we're not running the defense the way it needs to be or we're not getting the impact from the front that we need to have or, or what have you. So uh, I think, you know, like I said, the general feels we'll tackle better, we'll just get him to the ground. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's part of it, but it's just a part of it. It's not all of it. And so we need to do all of it better. We've got to be better fundamentally. And we have no, you know, we, our, our practices are pretty physical. We have no problem tackling in practice, especially early in the week. So we'll, we'll continue to gauge that and gauge where we think the errors are and certainly address it. 
Yeah, Lincoln, going back to the, the secondary, uh, last year interceptions were such a big part of this, the success defensively. When you look at those numbers this year, what do you see behind that? Is it just not finishing chances? Is it um, you know, something something different? Yeah, I mean, we've had, we certainly have had a few chances that we didn't make, but I think, uh, well, the biggest thing that I've seen is, is uh, you know, I, I think coverage-wise, we're we're not quite where we were at some points last year. Right now, uh, there's you know we, we we got a couple guys that are playing on Sundays that are pretty good players, you know, that aren't here anymore, and then we got you know a couple guys sitting over on the uh, sideline with us that are in uh, that are in sweats instead of football pads, you know, that, that aren't hadn't been with us here the last several weeks. It's a factor. And uh, so these young guys are learning quick and they're going to get better and they're going to make a lot of plays here. I mean, that's, you know, we remember what Trey Brown looked like around here as a freshman, you know, Pernell Motley, I mean, all the, you know, Norwood early in his deal. I mean, it just takes time, but there are several of these guys that are primed to take off in the second half. And then again, it, the other thing it comes from is it comes from, you know, it comes from, you know, consistent pressure up front. It comes from linebackers being where they're supposed to be in coverage. I mean, again, it all it all kind of fits together. So it's it's it wouldn't be do, can we play better and do we need to play better in the secondary? We do. Um, do we does that also is that also affected by the other two levels of the defense? Absolutely it is. So kinda of like kinda of like any question related to that, everybody needs to be a little bit better because we're when we're playing good, we're playing good. When we're not playing good, we're we're just Kind of ag agonizingly close, but you know we we got to get past being close. Mm -hmm. uh, Barry, yeah, Lincoln, we had another coach lose his job in the middle of the season. Seems like it happens every week now. What, what do you think is causing that? Why? Why are we having this? Always had coaching changes, but right. now it seems like earlier and earlier in the season it's happening. <sighs> Man, probably a lot, a lot, a lot to unpack there. I would say. I mean the, I mean the, the the pressure to win, the visibility. I mean, I think the pressure at times that administrators feel when when you know people get riled up, social media, all that. I think is a factor. You know, I think I think some of these schools trying to get first in line um, in the hiring, um, so that they so that they don't um, they feel like they can have a shot at the person that they want. Um, and I think in some cases over the last few years, you've got. Some guys that, you know, in my opinion, maybe they didn't want to give them a chance to, you know, come back and win and save it. So, unfortunately, but I mean, I just think it is what it is. So, um, nah, it's not, you, you hate it. It's not good for the sport. It's not good for players at those schools. Um, again, I just, this this whole, it's, it's kind of goes back to kind of some of my arguments about like guys being able to, you know, leave during the season or just transfer in the middle of things like, I just I don't know. I just feel like you should have to honor and you should have to finish seasons. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, coach shouldn't leave a team midseason. You know, player shouldn't leave a team midseason. It's a team, and you know what do we what do we say in there? So I, I get people got to have options in between seasons and all that. But I, I just uh, now you hate it, you know, and so it's to some good people in the business. But that's uh, one of the ugly parts of our business. And I would say this makes makes me appreciate uh, the very stable leadership and kind of calm minds that we have here leading, leading this place. Uh, Cause it's, it's obviously not like that everywhere. Lincoln, it seems like every week there's a great matchup with running backs in this league. Mm -hmm. I mean, kind of out front as that name and face, but with what Kennedy's done, uh, Jalen Warren, I mean, you go down the list. Yep. It was like, yeah. were these guys always here and we were just so focused on the quarterbacks we weren't paying attention or has something changed with, with the running backs in this league? No, I, think it's a, I think it's a good crop. I mean, it almost feels like, I was talking the other day, it almost feels like, oh, what was it, three, maybe four years ago when everybody in the league had an elite receiver. You know, all those, all those guys in the NFL now, a couple of people had more than one, including us. And so, uh, yeah, no, I think it's just a, I think it's a, a really good year for backs in the league, you know, and you've got some teams that are committing to the run and running the football well, and, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good one every darn week, and uh, it's, you know, it's still offensively, to me, the toughest position to defend when you get a great one of those. So um, no, it's, it's, it's going to be a big challenge for us, big challenge for everybody in the league, and I think it's, 
you can kind of see across the board, most people in this league are running the football pretty well. And uh, so I think the league is continuing to adapt and some of these guys are getting opportunities and obviously some really good players that are making the most of it. You know, like the no sacks, you got almost a 200 yard rusher. Looks like the offensive line had a really good game, even though you had some injuries and things. Do you feel like it did? We did. We did. We played. We played well there. Um, probably the best game that we played, and, and like I said, did it with some with a few different lineups, you know, which was really good. Especially Swenson, who, who came in and played fantastic. So. Um, yeah, they're so challenging, you know, with what we what they do up front, like we said. So it was uh that was a good performance. So we we're playing cleaner, we're just, we're playing more together up front right now. And uh so we gotta keep building. There's gonna be new challenges each week, but that group is getting better. Um you know, I think getting some confidence um about them, becoming more consistent and obviously it's something we've needed, but it's it's certainly led the way offensively. Obviously, Caleb and Kennedy have both been on the field a lot in the last couple of games together, and they've both found some success around the ball. What is it about the, the two of them kind of together that's that's found some success over the last couple of games? Um, you know, I there, there's probably some type of impact. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, Caleb being able to run the ball some has, has helped, but I mean. I, I still think it started with the whole line. You know, I do. I mean, I think the whole line's given those guys some opportunities, and they've both been able to take advantage of them. So, uh, yeah, and anytime you, you know, you're able to run the ball effectively with with different people, and then make some plays in the throwing game, obviously as well. I mean, it, you just you get, you, it makes you tough to defend. I mean, it really does. So, you know, Kennedy's really had you know three pretty strong games here in a row for us. You know, really kind of you know kind of got going there against Kansas State, and then and then. Obviously, he's played well these last two, and that, that's been huge. I mean, that's been huge for our team. We we know we're a different team when when we're able to run the ball the way that we want, and that's that's obviously showed up here the last few weeks. Thank you, Rodasovich. Understandably, because of the injuries, some young guys have been put in bad positions in the secondary. Overall, though, has it been a step back from what you guys kind of dug yourselves out of uh, defensively as a whole? Uh, I wouldn't say a step back. I mean, this is, you know, we're just hitting midseason here. We've played, I mean, gosh, this is a little different tone in here than it was at West Virginia when all you guys were wondering how we were going to score a point and sure. thought, you know, I mean, that's, <laughs> it's just the, it's just some of the ebbs and flows of it, you know. I mean, I think, I still look at it defensively. We still have had a lot of really good moments. We haven't, you know, we didn't play good in the first half against Texas. We were, we were hit and miss the other night against TCU. Um, we're not we're not far off though. Kind of like I told you, offensively, when we're when we're good, defensively we're good. Um, when we're off, it's probably a lot closer than maybe what people would believe. Um, and I, again, I believe we've got the guys, right guys in the room. Um, uh, you know, it just everybody. There's not one group that's been horrible. We need every group to be just a little bit better. And if we do, that'll push us over the edge, and we'll play like we're capable of more consistently. <laughs> yeah, I bet there is. I appreciate it. That sounds good. Plenty of things about playing quarterback that are very difficult, but from an outsider, to me, it looks like one of the most difficult things is when you see guys in the pocket, seeing everything barreled down on them and not ejecting and looking downfield and making throws. We're seeing Caleb, it seems kind of effortless for him with how few snaps he's played at this level. From your perspective, is that something that you just have as a quarterback or can you learn it and, and I guess why is he so comfortable right now looking down the field and staying in the pocket yeah I mean I think you can learn it I mean some guys do it better than others but I, I do think you can learn it um, I mean the biggest thing to me is I mean again it all starts with having a pocket there to actually be able to step up in and stay in I mean that's the you know, I don't care if you're the, you get the greatest pocket presence in the history of mankind if there's not a pocket there's not a pocket and and you know, here these last few weeks when when Caleb's played, more often than not, there's been a pretty good pocket. And so uh, and and he's done a good job trusting it, staying in it, seeing what we need to see. And I think he's got some confidence in his ability that if he does need to get out, that, that he can. And uh, so, no, it's been you – know, he's done a good job of the two games. The linemen's done – they've done a great job of keeping it clean. And, and uh, you know, and then, and then I think both sets just trusting each other. So, um, you know, always kind of a team effort there. So, it's been – Good on all accounts, and but again, they're gonna, 
these different fronts, different things we're going to see going forward. We're going to get challenged different ways. So we've got to be ready to do it again. I did, actually. I did. It's hard to watch, man. I mean, fun to watch and hard to watch. Like the parent, it's like the parent with two kids playing against each other. So, yeah, all good. Thanks. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind Casino, still the one, and by Allstate, proud partner of Oklahoma Athletics. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Sooner Sports Network.